welcome again, and especially if you're visiting us. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Word of God. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that the, chil the children of God need to be ready to speak the word. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your workplace. Carry the message. Carry the power. He is able to work through you. You, are, you and I are clay earthen vessels, it says. We, are, we, are break, we, we break easy. We're subject to sickness sometimes. But we carry the message, we carry the hope, we carry eternal God in our hearts. You're going to live forever. I like to, I like to declare that today. Whatever the enemy is trying to put on you or speak and discourage you, I speak in the name of Jesus, you are triumphant. You are more than conquerors through Christ. It's time we lay hold of the promises and take what the enemy is trying to steal and turn it around on him. God is able and good at that. He's able to take what was meant for evil and destruction and he brings about some good. And glory be to God. And the enemy wants you to wallow in your past and begin to get you all worked up and condemning yourself. Well, guess what? We know that's old self, and we all battle against this thing called the flesh. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, a little bit about the flesh, but a lot more about the spirit. Okay, it's time that we don't ha we don't have to wallow in our flesh. You know, the past is the past. God forgiven you. Why should you remember it? And that's what we struggle many times. Things happen. Thanks be to Jesus. Our shame is undone. We, song, we sing about it. Our shame is undone. You see, the blood of Jesus not only takes away our sin, but he cleanses and heals our conscience. That you are able then to go on and go forward and not be hindered. Oh, the devil loves to bring up things. Guess what? Jesus dealt with them in the right way, didn't he? You know how he dealt with them? It is written. Over three times he was, at least we know of, I'm sure there was many times. All the way to the cross. Why don't you just give it up? Yeah, right, Satan. <laughs> just give it up. Let you win. No way. You are not, you, you, your day is destined for the pit. Satan, your day is destined for all eternity to be, to be in the lake of fire. And God has spared you and I from that in the name of Jesus. We have reason to rejoice. You see, Galatians, and that's where I'm going today a little bit. I'm just going to kind of take this subject of walking by the Spirit, fill you in a little bit. The Galatians church was doing okay to start with. Paul writes and writes back to them a letter and asked them what's going on here you started in the you started in faith you started in the spirit but who told you something different who's who's telling you you have to go back and, and be under the old covenant where you have to be circumcised that don't have to happen anymore and he starts out this 
chapter 1, he says, here's the problem. When we want to please man more than we want to please God, there's a problem. When we let the world begin to sway us, begin to get us to think, then I'm going to just say this. We are not to be changed by the world. We are to be changers of the world. The world shouldn't be rubbing off on us. We should be rubbing off on the world. And what is the world? Those who are not walking with God, they're walking for themselves. And we were all sinners. We're all sinners. And the only difference is that Jesus comes into one who admits their sin. He never forces himself on anyone. But he's right there as soon as you believe and confess your sin. He's there, right there to take it away. And so then, after we accept Christ, we're just beginning to walk. We're just beginning to discover what is God's voice, what does God's word mean, what does this mean? And so Jesus described to his disciples that they were upset by the fact that Jesus said, I'm going to go away. Wait a minute, you're our, you're our king, you're our Lord. You are, you've been with us, you're training us. We're not sure we can do this by ourselves. He says, if you, if you I'll go away, the helper can't come. And so the helper is the Holy Spirit who's everywhere at once in the church. He's in your heart today if you know Jesus. He's, he's dwelling within you. He's, 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 he's wooing you. He's, he's encouraging you. He's, he's the one who comforts you. He's the one who he speaks the words of, of the Lord to you. And he empowers you to be the witness. And so, chapter 5, I'll begin a bit of Galatians. And Paul was encouraging the people. He said, he said back in verse 8, the persuasion did not come from him who calls you a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. In other words, what happened here, a few people got to talking and a few people, a few teachers got the rest all upset. Got them confused. And it's just like the enemy. The enemy often wants to get into the church and cause disruption if he can. Exactly what the enemy wants to do because he doesn't want God in your life. He doesn't want you to go forward. Well, guess what? We're going to go forward. We had to to laugh. Remember you last Sunday, our gentleman, our friend Carl, he brought that little stuff, you know, that little puppet and the devil. Remember that? You were here? And what do you say? He pulled off his arms and he said something. He disarmed him. And then he pulled off his feet and said, we defeated the enemy. <laughs> he pulls off his head when Satan's under our feet. Quite a little image there going on. Yeah. Quite a little bit. Of, by the way, Carl is one of, the, one of a kind. If you don't know Carl, he's, he's our chaplain to the hospitals. He says this, I love funerals and weddings. And the reason he loves funerals and weddings is because he loves people. He loves to meet families. And Carl himself was seven years sick, dead, pronounced pretty much dead. He was septic. His whole body was shutting down. They gave up on him. 
Guess what? God kept him going. And he's in the ministry today. So we get the upper hand in the name of Jesus. This fleshling, this flesh that you and I live in is, is weak. We're subject, our emotions are subject sometimes to being hurt. Our emotions are subject sometimes to being afraid. Sometimes we have unbelief. Yes. Doubts. Because we're constantly being bombarded with, with a force that is not of this, it's not of flesh and blood. It's that we wrestle against this force. Ephesians described it as principalities, powers, in dark places, in heavenly places, rather. And so Paul is describing this battle that is going on. And he's coming down on the stretch here in chapter 5. And he gives the whole law summed up in this one statement as Jesus quoted back to the, to the leaders in his day. What was the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor yourself. Paul lists verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor yourself. If you just stop and think about that, that will cover every other commandment. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to steal from them. Obviously, you're not going to uh, hurt them. You're not going to kill them. But he's referring now to the church. He's referring to verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. That's an ugly thing. If the church begins to bite and be, they lost their sense of purpose. They lost their sense of, of, of direction. They become inward. And see, the old enemy loves it. But Jesus wants us to get along. And not only just get along, but to excel. To be burden bearers. To be sensitive to one another. Now here's the, here's the answer. Here's the key. To walk by the Spirit. He said, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk, what does it mean? The Spirit of God is in you. And you're sensitive. You're, you're leaning on the Lord. You're trusting God that he will lead you even though you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You don't have all the answers figured out. Guess what? God says in his word in Hebrews that if we're going to please him, we must live by faith. Right? He's a rewarder of those who seek him. Guess what? We will never know all the stuff that's ahead in our life. But listen. God is a God who can be trusted. So even when I mess up, when I fall, when I fail, when I miss it, I need to go back to his presence and help me to hear, Lord. 
to John, the writer, the author, one of his disciples. I love this chapter one of Revelations. By the way, a couple of weeks, I think we're going to start Revelations on Wednesdays. Vernon's thinking about that. Thank you. And it happens, so happens, you read Revelations. It was John that was in the spirit. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I read that and I think, well, what if he wasn't in the spirit? What if he hadn't been in the spirit? Perhaps we would have missed Revelations. But because he was in the spirit, he heard the voice. He heard God. He, he received the revelation, which you and I have today. And Revelation really is the revealing of Christ, the revealing of, of what's going to happen in the end times. So we're looking forward to I'm so Vern's got all the answers. <laughs> well, I'm really putting you on the spot now. You know what, Vern? You do a great job. And the Holy Spirit's helping you. That's very evident. So back to this flesh and spirit. Let me just say this. There will be days when you do not feel saved. You will wonder, what is that? That's the flesh, because you don't feel good about yourself. See, we've sinned, we feel shame. By the way, conviction is different than condemnation. Conviction is the Holy Spirit waking, shaking you, and what he wants is you to be aware so that you can deal with it and not try to hide it or stuff it. That's the difference. Condemnation comes with, well, you, how can you think you could do anything for God? That's Satan. He's, you know, guess what, Satan? Romans 8 once says there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. In other words, there's no sin I ever create, can do that will separate, that I will take it. There's no sin that God can't forgive. Really, the only sin that I could probably, and this is me thinking, it's the sin of unbelief that halts the sin of unbelief. So God doesn't force himself, but he waits until you're ready. And he's patient with us. Walk by the Spirit. Look at this list. You will not carry out the desire. Here's the whole flesh thing. You can read this. It's just, this is amazing. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this list, but I'm going to read through it. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. That's a whole lot of words. That basically says you, you, you don't have to go back and do the circle. You don't have to live by the law. But the law doesn't mean you throw away all the, the old test. You don't mean you... You don't throw away the Ten Commandments, love your neighbors yourself. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That doesn't mean I get to do anything I want to do because I'm led by the Spirit. I'm just have liberty. No, that's not what Paul teaches in Romans. You do not use your liberty as a license to sin, but because you're saved by grace, you're kept by grace and you're kept from sinning. You're kept from destroying yourself. Now, the flesh feels good for a moment. I'll read this list. The flesh is, in verse 19, the flesh is evident, which is, 
which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy and drunkenness, carousing, carousing. <laughs> this is like whatever feels good, do it, because you're only going to live once in this world. That's the world's. Cram it all in there. But you'll find it over and over. Those who live without God are living without any peace. They're living without hope. They're living miserably. Though they may appear. Here's the better list. Here's the better list. Here's the better way to live. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There's no law. You see, if we have Jesus, we need less stuff. When Jesus has our heart, we don't need so many things. We begin to figure out, you know, there's nothing really that really satisfies. Don't get me wrong. I love nature. I love the outdoors. I love the lakes. I love the woods because God made all that stuff for us. Well, maybe I be careful that I never love anything, anyone more than I love God, or it becomes an idol, and I must guard my heart. You see, in ministry, let me just say this, the pastor or the shepherd or the, the leader or the teacher has almost an extra responsibility it's almost like a calling to make sure you're on track with him before you dare to tell other people how to live. And if there's anything that challenges me most is that I must be living and demonstrating. I must love the word if I want my people to love his word. I must be a worshiper if I want my people to be a worshiper. If I want my children to serve him, then I must serve him. No one can take the place that God wants to be in that center. No one else belongs there. Nothing else belongs there. Because Holy Spirit, Jesus bought you with his own blood. And when you say, Lord, I want you, you begin. You're forgiven. He comes into your heart. But that's just the beginning. And the work of allowing him to be Lord, the Lordship idea, that's a lifetime experience. How, allowing him to take control of your life is an ongoing, ongoing flesh versus the spirit. You see, when Jonah, remember him? He had a little flesh in him. Jonah, go to Nineveh. Well, you got the wrong man. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm taking the next boat out of here. I'm running, man. This is too spooky, scary. They're not going to listen anyway. <laughs> you know that story. Jonah. Go to Nineveh. 
out of the belly of a whale. And in the belly of the whale, he made up his mind, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, this is not good. Seaweed, stink. Imagine what he looked like coming out of there. I don't want to gross you out, but it doesn't look. You ever, you ever caught a fish with a minnow in it? They're kind of half. Yeah, I don't want to go there. Yeah, just kind of, it's just me thinking. You see, sin really stinks in the nostrils of God. It stinks. Flesh, waywardness, stubbornness, rebellion. We see it over and over in the children of Israel. And we see it in our nation. We see it. We see it. I see, I see it in the song, Come Thou Fount. Lord, prone to leave the God I love. And why did Paul say, take guard lest you think you stand? Lest you why did he say that? Because he's seen too many people who got popped up. Wow. I'm so spiritual, nothing. I can do anything. Unfortunately, it can happen. Unfortunately, it happens to the church. Leaders, guess what? They need prayer. Leaders need prayer. Well, the enemy wants to take out leaders, take down whole families. Guess what? God's church is strong. I say God's church is strong. He is building his church. In spite of the persecution that is up across our world, the church is growing. It is going forward. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But that doesn't make, that, that doesn't, we've got to be alert. What did Paul do? He's sober in spirit. Now, he didn't know how to, you know, walk around with, what is he saying? Keep your senses alert, your spiritual antenna. Be in the spirit. How do you, how do, you do that? I'll tell you what, this is what works for me, and this is, this is just me. I know God's word, yes. Let me say this, read God's word a lot, but apply it to your life. Because I can read my devotions and not be devoted. What did he just say? <laughs> what am I saying? I can go through the motions and my mind could be 100 miles away. It's a discipline. It's all, we all struggle with the flesh. We're tired. Take a nap. Come back when you're awake, and then dig in again. God wants you to rest. You're not a machine. Oh, boy, now I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> Ooh, that hurts, Lord. It's okay. The fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace. Have you ever met people that are so full of the Holy Spirit? Do you wonder if they ever have a moment? Almost make you sick. But guess what? I'm sure they have their moments. Everyone has their moments. Moses had his moment and busted the rock. I was supposed to speak to the rock. Moses. Oh, the flesh good, feels good sometimes just to get mad and, you know, let him have it. And then God is right. Holy Spirit goes, um, how you said what you just said was not good. Yep. Yes, Lord, I'm sorry. That's the way it works. Because the scripture talks about this little member of our body called the tongue. Oh, it gets us in trouble. Unruly member. Who can tame it? No man. That's what James says. Guess what? God can tame the tongue. One of the evidences of inner change is what comes out of the mouth that used to come out of the mouth. Now that tongue is being set under control. Self-control. If that fruit of the Spirit's self-control, just think what our world would be like. We wouldn't be having the troubles, would we? I just want to encourage you. We have not arrived. Accepting Jesus is the start. But learning how to walk, learning how to put the flesh in its place. Paul said it himself, I die daily. How could Paul, a man of God, used by God, have any trouble? Guess what? He had lots of temptation troubles. And his flesh. I think he was angry a few times. And he, it got down on him. But he understood there is a river that flows from heaven above. There is a vast supply. There is a, there is a mount in which we can fix our hope. There is the Lord himself who said to the woman at the well, your, your, your family worship on this mountain, but those who worship, worship in spirit and in truth. And the difference, the worship just out of rote or uh, out of tradition, there's a difference than worshiping with intention, with heart and passion and brokenness. What did he want from us? What he wants is you to want him more than anything, anyone. Push aside, fight through it, press through it, that you can live by the Spirit. Oh, then we will not be boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Then we will be able to, verse 2, chapter 6, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, may we learn to be listeners, the peoples who are still having questions and doubts 
May we be patient with them. May we never expect people just to bounce or snap out of it because God doesn't work with us that way. He woos us, he wins us, he transforms us. And we just love people. And God, the Holy Spirit. So we all have loved ones, kids, teenagers. God bless our teenagers. They're going back to school, hey. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to pray that their school, they go back, they carry the presence of the Lord. We need to get behind our kids. They live in a challenging world. That's beyond what we ever, I ever remember. We need to pray. And yes, we're for them. We're glad you're here in church. If you're here today, if you're here on occasion, we want you to grow and know God.